0: Have some self-respect, Kirsty.
1: Hello and welcome to Think About Eurovision, a Eurovision podcast with me, Chris, a Eurovision fanatic from the UK.
0: And me, Kim, a Eurovision fanatic from
1: Canada. It's a wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey go back far in time episode as we go back to 1969 today to go to the uh, Eurovision Song Contest in Madrid, Spain.
0: It's always so interesting to like go back so far in time. So we've done a couple now of these like really old timey ones and um, they're kind of a hoot. Like I I enjoyed seeing this, even though there was like, (laughs) there were some things that I um, found super interesting and there were some other things that I was like, what? (laughs) But we'll get into all of that.
1: Again, once again, I'm pleasantly surprised by how much I enjoyed some of the songs from 1969.
0: I I feel like I now really understand how Ya Ya Ding Dong could be <laughs> like a Eurovision song. So uh, obviously, I'm sure everyone who's listening to
1: this... Wait, you mean it's not?
0: <laughs> I mean, um... It is and forever will be Eurovision uh, royalty. But <laughs> but like when I first saw that movie, I was like, that cannot possibly be a real sort of representation of what a Eurovision song is like. But like there were some ya-ya yeah, yeah, ding-dongs, I think, in this, <laughs> in this
1: really 1969. Were. yeah. So 1969 Eurovision Song Contest, as we mentioned previously, is a contest that was uh, noted for the fact that it resulted in a four-way tie yeah um so our, our mission today is to find an overall winner um so have you got a winner in mind
0: i definitely have my top pick good, and so good. I, I was thinking that like it would be very easy if our um top picks were the same but i think also that it's like it would be out of the four finalists if you will that our maybe combined placement would uh would result in the winner right like if all of them currently have a score of 1 and then we add our our ranking then the lowest points win okay what do you
1: think i think that's an interesting way of doing it yes
0: right so yes. like if in in case we're not in agreement then okay. we could essentially establish our pick for winner that way
1: the same way we did our christmas special exactly i'm 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 up for that
0: okay you guys This is it, 1969 is finally going to be decided here today, so... Making history. (laughs) That's
1: right. (laughs) But before we um, get into it and the songs, let's chat about the overall presentation of the show. Um, Pretty much entirely in Spanish, so I struggled. Yeah, I had no
0: idea what was going on a lot of the time. (laughs) And I did not know when I... This is actually kind of interesting for me, too, is because this was um a blind ranking for me yeah. because i did not know which countries were which (laughs) so normally i always do my ranking blind on um the true results i don't know where they actually finished in the points when i do my ranking because i like to do it you know without having that bias but um so this was the first time that i did it blind in terms of results and also blind in terms of which country was which i had no idea because i guess 1969 is too early for them to have included like titles on the (laughs) recording of
1: yeah, all we had Who was, was the uh, titles of the songs. I think um, with, I don't know if it was in the original language. Actually, no. I feel like the titles of the song that were superimposed on the screen were in Spanish, because as um, one of the songs later, it, 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 the Portuguese song, they swapped the title. So the Portuguese song was called Desfolhada Portuguesa, which means translates into Portuguese husking. Uh, but that one was introduced as rather than Desfolhada, so. D E S S O Sierra F Foxtrot OL Harder. They introduce it as Des Hol yada so D E S O Sierra H Hotel, and then O L, then like a J as a Y sound, Arda. Because apparently, Des Harder is similar to an obscene word in Spanish. I don't know what that word is, sadly. I really want to know what the word is. I want to know a naughty word in Spanish.
0: I continue to be impressed by your level of detail in the, in the watching. I'm so oblivious to these details. I never would have picked that up. I also just like made a joke about how, um, you know, 1969 must have been too early to include the superimposed text of what the countries were. And of course, there was superimposed text, as you just mentioned. It was the titles <laughs> of the song and the names of the performers. So I'm just... Well, that was
1: it. There's no more detail that
0: i'm an oblivious idiot but um yeah so they did say the names of the countries uh in spanish and on some of them yeah. i did catch them so um like what you know but for the vast majority i didn't know, know who was performing and so it was a little surprise at the end too, to, to know which country was which
1: even i would struggle sometimes because people referring to the wikipedia article for the running order because i'm like i remember some of like uh like le Sved, is it is Swi- switzerland or sweden see that was one of the things that came up in the uh, points was she didn't know it was sweden or switzerland uh le Sved. i feel like le Sved oh, is right. <laughs> sweden but i don't speak french
0: i mean i i sort of do and i still i don't know it well enough to <laughs> to, to consider myself fully bilingual yeah. it's like a word here and there i pick up um, so overall presentation, I felt like this was kind of an in-between, in between sort of like the um 1950s. Fifty seven, yeah. Seven, where yeah, it felt a lot sort of like an school auditorium style concert, um, versus more modern Eurovisions, which is like an absolute like You know, party it is uh, like a sporting event right where (laughs) you're like wearing the the flag and colors of the country you're rooting for and whatever so this was this was like going to the opera it was like i've got that
1: exact comment in my notes i've put that i love the audience all dressed up like they're going to the opera like full-on sort of gloves up to the elbows gowns gentlemen in tuxedos
0: yes tuxedos yeah, I loved the fashions. I mean, not only of the performers, but even as they like scanned the audience. I just like really ate up the You, you know, love a bit
1: of old old school glamour, don't you?
0: I love old school glamour. Yes um the just like the hairdos the colors the i mean it was amazing and the men's suits there was one performer i can't remember which one but he was wearing sort of like a czech tuxedo like a like a textured printed tuxedo god it was gorgeous like someone wear that to an award season right now
1: let's try to see i've got screenshots of all the performers i can't i can't remember which one that is oh let me um, see yeah
0: um i think it was luxembourg
1: yes rummold luxembourg yes I found him yes.
0: Yeah, god, what a jacket on him. Um and I mean like I would I will I will pay good money for someone to please make me a blue fringe jumpsuit like the one from Spain. My mouth is watering. <laughs> I want it. I would never be able to pull it off, but I want it just to look at it and like handle the
1: beads. <laughs> I mean, that was a heavy garment. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, Uh, it weighed 14 kilograms because the beads were made out of porcelain and on top of that she had three one kilogram necklaces like how was she moving how was she moving
0: my god the respect level just like went sky high for that woman um yeah well yes i mean it was a formal affair i loved to see the uh the outfits and stuff but really a departure from what we expect in
1: like current day eurovision for sure completely different but i still enjoyed it
0: yes yeah i enjoyed it as well
1: and still um, better than the 1988 eurovision which was only highlight was um celine dion
0: yeah i really didn't like like that 80s one much <laughs> Um. So yeah, I mean, it's a low bar, but yes, I agree. <laughs> this one is better than better than that one for sure. Um. And this came in at a relatively short runtime. It was an hour and forty five minutes in comparison to the more you know, um, more current Eurovisions that run closer to four hours, almost three and a half. Yeah. Um. Because we only had sixteen countries in this one.
1: Yeah, and I think it would have been about an hour and a half if only one song had won. Because fifteen right, minutes yeah. of it was made up of all <laughs> the Uh, sort of reprisal performances
0: yeah that's true (laughs) at the end um john my boyfriend was like are they playing all the songs again and i was like no babe those are just the winners all four of them (laughs) (laughs) so what what did they do after this um year to ensure that there there aren't multiple winners in the future is there a rule now about what happens if there is a tie
1: there is a rule and i'm Gonna try and remember. I, if I remember rightly, I believe that if there is a tie, the song that performed earlier on the night is con- considered the winner because, because of
0: recency it, bias. Yes,
1: yeah. exactly, recency bias.
0: We talked about that. I remember now. Yeah, that I do. I think that that. I mean, I feel like it would make more sense if if i'm not like. For what it's worth, <laughs> for yeah, like if, my
1: opinion on this, if, if if we went by that rule, that would have mean meant that Spain won.
0: Yeah, I don't know that I love that rule. I think that it makes more sense to, um, I don't know. I guess you don't have the time to recast the votes with only no. those, you know, the, only the two top contenders or whatever, like only the people who tied. But like, yeah, I guess. have them fight it out to the death. Yes, death match. That's the only option. You're right. Some, someone bring in an octagon. Put them in there. <laughs> you, know, you know what? That like 13 kilogram fringe dress is going to come in handy when they're battling it out. <laughs> um, or it'll well, be that's a hindrance she can't
1: run very fast. What's that? Or it'll be a hindrance she can't run very fast.
0: Oh my God, that's true. I was I was just thinking like the weight of her punches are going to be a <laughs> Wow, things are taking a turn. We're already like
1: off on our weird tangents <laughs> already shall we actually um, talk about the songs let's talk about the songs yes we've only got 16 shall we just rattle through all of them sure yeah um let, shall we do it in order of performance okay i think that's a good way to do it when we've not got that many acts to talk about let's kay. let's give them all a bit of time sounds good uh, so we started off with yugoslavia with ivan and 4m with uh, a song that translates into Greetings to the World. So um, it's just him singing sort of Good Morning or Good Day in different languages and looking like a Doctor Who villain.
0: I'm not going to lie, I thought this was delightful. <laughs> I mean, it's it didn't score particularly well in my rankings. It was middle of the pack for me, but I definitely scored it uh, a few points higher than the actual result, which was thirteenth out of sixteenth. But I just thought it was a lovely little ditty. I enjoyed the tune. I thought it was fun.
1: I think I was just mostly distracted by the fact he looks like. Now, do you watch Doctor Who at all? Mm-mm, no. He, he looked like the the master from like the eighties and seventies and eighties of um, Doctor Who with a beard, so I was just freaked out, I was like, he's got a secret, conniving, cunning plan, <laughs> what is he up to, what is the master up to, so <laughs> I was He's distracting us with this
0: delightful song, so that his uh, <laughs> his malicious plan can be carried out.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I didn't love it, I put it 12.
0: Yeah, it was 10 for me, so I think yeah. I liked it, uh, you know, a little more than you, and a little more than the final result, but it wasn't my favourite.
1: No. Um, up next, we have Luxembourg with Ramold with uh, Katarina. with the great um, jacket. Yes, with his wonderful jacket and his terrible, um, dra- extending the microphone stand, and it's just like the it's just a horrible sound of as he's dragging up the microphone stand at the yes. start of the. Oh no. Uh,
0: yeah, I am. Um... I thought this one was fine. Um, uh, For a lot of these, I found that I didn't love the overall song as much, but then it would like get me with a bit of a catchy chorus. And this was one where it was like, I didn't love the song as much, but then the chorus kind of won me over. So I scored it 12th out of 16. Um, It was uh, 11th in the actual results. So pretty on par on my end.
1: Yeah, this was my least favorite of all of them. Was it? It didn't do it for me um i was offended by his treatment of the mic stand at the start of the <laughs> performance uh, and also the song's actually kind of creepy um so it's a ballad about a girl that he was in love with during kindergarten and he still has feelings for her as a grown adult
0: okay but sh- but
1: i but mean they lost she's touch, an adult too now right I they think, were both no, in kindergarten right i think it's that, i think when i was reading about it he's like they lost touch but he still feels but has feelings for her i'm like when did you lose touch? This is weird. I don't like it. <laughs> but okay. I just didn't like the song either.
0: Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Regardless of
1: the concept of lyrics, I was like, no, this isn't it is not tickling my pickle.
0: Not tickling your pickle. Well, nope. I mean, that's uh that's not the one then. Not nope. tops.
1: But he has represented um he well, not represented, he's performed at Eurovision three times. Um so in 1964 and also, 10 years later, in 1974, he represented Monaco, uh, but he was for Luxembourg in 69. So, mm. this is his second of three attempts to uh, win the song contest.
0: Well, hopefully he did a little better in his other was- ones, because he didn't do particularly mm. well here, but... um didn't do well. No.
1: <laughs> so, next we have my winner, Spain. Spain. Yes.
0: Yes. Um I I put this fifth. <gasps> um I know Scandaloso so, so hear me out. Okay, on the plus sides, one, she looked gorgeous. Two, I liked the song. And three, I thought that it was a refreshing take when everybody else was still in the 1960s, Spain was not in the 70s, right? They it felt fresher than the rest. It felt like um, you know, more modern for for its day. Uh, But I didn't find that the performance itself was particularly strong. Um, There were a lot of other performances that kind of gave me a little bit of the shivers when they hit the notes. There were strong vocal performances, and I didn't feel that Spain hit it quite as hard. So for uh, the combination of pluses and minuses, I put it at a very respectable fifth place um
1: that's not bad
0: but yeah not not the number one spot which of course is where it actually ranked and your number one so why did you like this one so much better
1: than the others i think you know me i'm a sucker for something that bops yeah uh i i really do love a song that bops and that uh so the the sort of uh hey with the backing singers i just liked it I liked uh, it too, yeah. Uh, and also, she looked really sort of cool on stage. She was dancing, but here's a bit of a controversy, early doors. Um, in 1969, um, three of the acts fell foul of a rule, Spain oh. being one of them. So Spain, the UK, and Ireland. Do you know what rule they broke?
0: Um, was it that Oh, was it something silly, like they had to have the mic on the
1: stand or something? It was like they danced.
0: Oh! Oh, Yeah, that's stupid. That's a stupid
1: rule. (laughs) Yeah, so, I mean, so those three artists all danced on stage, which was not allowed in the rules, but they weren't um, penalized for this flagrant disregard to the rules.
0: Right, thankfully. especially, I mean, two out of the three out of the three won, so.
1: <laughs> yeah, it would have then had like a, you know, if they'd sort of penalized uh, the UK and Spain, would have been a two-way tie.
0: Right, but I mean, I think that that's kind of like, uh, that's a, a lesson to the other countries and to the rules in general, that people like the dancing, they scored well, so.
1: Yeah, like, come on, Eurovision, 1969, people have been dancing for years now. Right.
0: But that's the thing. I remember when when um, Spain came out that I was like, finally, a little bit of like liveliness. Right. Because yeah. it was such a stationary performance from the first two that we saw. They stood in front of the mic. They didn't move around much. I know that we're not going to get the level of spectacle in 1969 as we do now. Right. Well, Maybe- No hamster wheels? no hamster wheels no uh you know laser shows and special effects <laughs> but like you can take the mic off the stand and move your body a little that's free yeah.
1: <laughs> so yeah that song uh, salome viva can- viva cantando which uh, translates into i live singing um so uh, it's a song where the woman's telling her lover about the positive changes he's had on her life and now that she lives her life singing so what a sort of feel good song delightful it, it kind of made me want to be on holiday in the sort of 60s in the past yes somewhere really glamorous in a fringe bodysuit obviously, obviously obviously in a fringe bodysuit yeah mine's hanging in the wardrobe at the moment <laughs> saving it for yeah, a special break day. that
0: out for a holiday you're gonna you're gonna go overweight on your luggage though
1: <laughs> <laughs> um so next up we have uh jean-jacques with maman maman for monaco so how um, do you feel about this one
0: I liked it. I have it scored sixth, which is also where it came in the actual results. Um, I like wasn't looking at the screen when it when uh, um, the performer first started singing and I thought it was an adult woman, but it was instead a young boy, man. I don't know. I mean, like he looked young. I was actually thinking if there was a junior Eurovision at that time that he probably would have been
1: junior Eurovision age. Okay, so. Got to play your least favorite game how old do you think he is
0: oh god i'm gonna say 14 12 okay i mean <laughs> i get i mean like i actually thought that uh i would have gone younger but i thought that younger than 14 how how are they in adult eurovision but i guess at the
1: no, time, juniors. There was no yeah at the time there was no rules sort of on age limits um i believe at least you know I mean, I think they would have looked really ridiculous if we sort of weird on a three-year-old go, twinkle, yeah. twinkle, <laughs> you know, something like that. But, you know, I mean, he could sing well, so. He um, could sing
0: well. This was another one where it was like the chorus was just catchy. It just got me. Um, uh, that particular shade of blue is definitely, I think, an it color for 1969.
1: Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> because There's his, like, of-
0: suit was adorable.
1: A lot of the artists were taking full advantage of that newfangled Technicolor kind of broadcast.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I thought this was good. I thought it was. Um, it was a lovely song. It was not a bop, but I thought it was well done.
1: I, I. This is one of those ones that I surprised ranked fairly highly for me. I put in fifth place. Oh yeah, so we were quite close. Yeah. So like when I was sort of, you know, how I, I sort of score, I sort of give it like a, how I feel about our one hundred. Yeah. And thinking, I thought that would end up lower, and I was surprised he came fifth in my um list.
0: Yeah, that is surprising. Well so, done, young Jean-Jacques. Jean Jacques. Yes.
1: Well Jean done. Jean Jacques, what a that's a satisfying name to say. <laughs> um so yeah, um so he retired two years after this performance from music at the age of fourteen. At the <laughs> grand at the old age, age of 14, fourteen. yeah. He was like I've done what I want with music now. (laughs) Bye-bye. So the song's about him waking up and telling his mum about a marvellous dream he had in which he'd grown up and gone to war.
0: Oh, that doesn't sound like a great dream. No.
1: No. But he does eventually realise that he prefers being a kid. And then he has a bad dream where he envisions his mum as an old woman and decides he's going to remain a child.
0: You know what? There's a lot uh, packed into that song.
1: (laughs) What I found about these older sort of Eurovision songs, not just this year, other years, when you try and look into the details and like the sort of meaning behind the songs like, from modern Eurovision, it's like, this is a banging song, but lyrics mean nothing. Yeah. Old Eurovision songs are full of concepts in the lyrics. Huh. But they go full sort of on like, you know, what this song's about. Whereas modern ones are like, I'm your golden boy, come here to enjoy. Like <laughs> That means nothing, mate. It's a banging tune, but it means nout
0: right i mean for someone like me who like barely registers the lyrics anyway i know that there are probably people who are listening to this and be like how can you judge a song when you like pay so little attention to the lyrics but i just like to feel the music right and so these like high concept lyrics back in the day they're all
1: lost on me (laughs) indeed so another artist taking full advantage of that technical broadcast we have ireland um Mur- Muriel Day and the Lindsays with The Wages of Love.
0: Yeah, that bright um, green dress. Loved it. I didn't love the song as much, though. Really?
1: I've uh, it really
0: <laughs> Did you? Yeah. I have it ninth. I did really like it, um, you know, as a standalone song, but I didn't like it as much in comparison to some of the others. Um, but, I mean, it was good.
1: I think, again, it, for me, it comes down to that basicness in me, where I just love a bop
0: right i mean it was a catchy tune that's for sure
1: yeah I, I do feel for her backing singers who were in that horrible sort of lavender and turquoise um affair with like you know floor length skirts whilst the lead singer muriel looks absolutely glamorous
0: oh yeah and she looks so gorgeous my god the the skirts were so short back in the day <laughs> But like the swinging 60s. I know, I know. I just, I loved the fashion so much. There were some, this one, and then the UK had that tiny little, tiny little pink number. Uh, I'm sure there were another, there were other short skirts in there, but it was either like full length down to the ankles or like barely covering the butt cheeks. Um, But I loved it. She did look gorgeous. One thing that I liked, um, I think all of the songs that I rated, Uh, on the higher end Um, so like from Ireland up I would say the one of the things that they have in common is that they don't have the sort of polka trope with the um, repeating of the same line over and over but in different speeds and different octaves that was like something that it, it occurred over and over again in a lot of these songs which i think was just kind of the style of the day and yeah. it is kind of a bit of a ya yeah, ya yeah, ding dong type style but i think that if it's not done right for me it gets grating and uh so i found that the songs that i ranked more highly were the songs that had a little less of that
1: uh, yeah I, I there was one of the co- songs i can't remember which one it is but so like, we will come to it uh, but i did sort of put but like, it was a proper schlager style Schlager being a style of song that Ya Ya Ding Dong is. Yeah. Um, and it, I, I guess there was more than I really paid attention to. So that's one, one up on you for me. You, you're one up on me there for noticing things about the music.
0: Oh, well, I think that it's maybe because it just happens to be one of the relatively few things that kind of grates on me a little bit. And so yeah. it was something I was hypersensitive to that I was just like, okay, we're doing this again. It was like, you know, the. Just the same line over and over, but a little bit softer, a little bit louder, a higher pitch, a slower. You know, it was just, um, you know, there were several. And I'm like, spoiler alert, United Kingdom was particularly bad for
1: it. So you can guess how I ranked that one. Ooh, I know! Looking forward to seeing that one. (laughs) We're close to the UK, but first we've got Italy. Um, So for Italy, we have Eva Zunicci with, let's try, let's try this in Italian Due gross lacrime bianc. Two big white tears. I think I pronounced that correctly.
0: This was my number one.
1: Really? Yeah,
0: I really liked
1: it. This is high up for me. I put this third. Um, So,
0: okay, so um, we have your number one was Spain. Your number three was Italy. Yes. And Italy came in 14th out of 16 in the actual results which i think is a crying
1: shame underscored yeah. underscored this song was beautiful
0: i thought it was gorgeous and um so this had sort of a slower more ba- um ballady vibe than the more polka you know type um like rhythms that were in a lot of the other songs. And I gravitated uh, more towards that. So um, there were a couple, Uh, France was one, and I also scored that very high. But this one, it was like a ballad, but a little bit higher tempo. It was just kind of like, it felt quite modern to me for the time, but then also a bit of a, like, I don't know, it has a timeless quality to it. Like, I just thought it was gorgeous.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, what what really caught me at the beginning was the guitar part. I thought that song was going a completely different direction. I really liked the guitar riff at the start. But then this sort of song swerved, and I still liked it. But it yeah. wasn't I thought it was going to go down like um, It was almost like Simon and Garfunkel-esque, the guitar part at the start.
0: Right. And then it went uh, less folksy. Cat Stevens. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Cat Stevens, Simon and Garfunkel kind of guitar lick at the beginning. Um, but... I mean sung with so much emotion um
0: yes she was so passionate and she looked so spectacular I did not consider the clothes in my ranking of the uh of the songs but I cannot help but just mention how much I enjoyed the fashion so she was in this like floor-length empire waist gown that was spectacular and then she had this like long 60s uh like Ponytail style, she looked just gorgeous. The song was yeah, gorgeous. she
1: she did look fabulous. Um like a silver sort of uh, dress, wasn't it?
0: Silver, yeah.
1: Exactly. Gorgeous. Very uh, divina de campo. Uh, uh, red hair in a silver dress i don't think
0: (laughs) um well yes so my that is my number one uh revealed so i was not anywhere near the (laughs) the actual uh number one rankings there were four that i could have picked and been in line with the actual results and still i picked uh the 14th
1: (laughs) i mean i put third so obviously maybe it's one of those things where it's like a classic song like that kind of won't feel dated it didn't feel dated at all that could happen. i think yeah it could be entered now i think like an old school sort of song
0: that's very likely the case i think is like you know fads don't always uh last the test of time and that one did so
1: yeah um so next up my country the uk uh lulu with boom banger bang
0: i didn't like this it's
1: it's fine it's not the worst on the UK's ever sent. I mean, I know I feel bad right.
0: <laughs> because like there have been so many times when the UK, um, you know, did not place well and I actually ranked it much higher than where it actually places. And there are a number of times where, you know, you really didn't like it. And it's, I don't think I've ever scored it maybe in my, you know, very, very top, um, Performances, but i consistently rate it higher than you and higher than where it ranks and then you this even time, like
1: electro velvet you, how did you like electro velvet i
0: don't know and then the uk finally wins and i put it 14th i did not like <laughs> it
1: <laughs> i mean i obviously liked it more than you because i put it seventh um i'm a bit of a sucker for anything in a three four time signature Oh, I don't even know what that is. (laughs) That's when a song goes, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. Like a polka? I would say it's a swing or a waltz. Like waltz. Kind of. I wouldn't say it's polka, but yeah, waltz is the sort of style of music that is famous for having three, four. I don't know enough about polka to know what time signatures? i feel like you know what i'm probably
0: using i'm probably like describing it entirely incorrectly because i don't know anything (laughs) about (laughs) like the the technical aspects of uh of music i don't play any instruments or whatever but that was the thing for me is just like this was one where it was like i it's just grating on me it's i i don't know it was um
1: uh, i don't know how to describe it i just didn't like it what surprised me is that that song um came out after her massive hit Shout. I thought like Shout was a more modern song than 1964. So do you know Shout by Lulu?
0: I mean, is it like you know, you're going go on a Shout That's the that- one, yeah. Really? That's her? That, that predates this song. Oh, that would that would such a better song. Except you know what is really funny is that is the song that I put in my notes as like it's like every song is doing a version of Shout where it's like a little bit louder now, <laughs> a little bit louder now, a little bit slower now. It's like every single song has this one line that they're repeating at different tempos and at different octaves. And that is the song that I put in my notes to say like what? every song's a version of Shout.
1: So weird. And then weird. There, there's Lulu in the show itself. That's so weird. I didn't know that. But I was surprised to learn that Shout is from 1964. I yeah. thought it was like a 19, like early 1970s song. I thought... I actually thought it would have come out after she get, got famous off Eurovision. But no, not how it went. I um, wonder
0: if I'm fami- the version that I'm familiar with is a different version. Because I feel confident that the version I'm
1: familiar with has a man singing. Oh, we'll have to have a look into that and pop in the show notes if it is. Yeah, I'll have to look. Um, but Boom Banger Bang was actually banned by the BBC during the Gulf War. Why? Boom, bang, bang in the title.
0: Oh right, right, right.
1: She, she's alongside some really good company there because they also banned "Share Bang Bang." My baby shot me down. Oh, that's a, um, such a good song. Atomic wasn't wasn't by that Blondie? Nancy Sinatra? I feel like she did it, yes. But they specifically, I think they specifically banned the "Share" one, according to a uh, BBC's website. Really, I didn't even know Share did a version of that. I will also be looking that up. They also banned "Atomic" by Blondie. Oh, well, yeah, I guess that checks out. And also, Tia Sophia's Everybody Wants to Rule the World.
0: (laughs) Wow! Some
1: really good songs there that were banned because they kind of made people think about the war. (laughs) I guess if you're trying to take your mind off
0: things. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, that is so interesting. Okay.
1: Right then. I thought this might be your winner, but obviously not. Uh, So the Netherlands with uh, Lenny Kurt, de Troubadour.
0: Um, they were very high on my list i put them fourth actually but they were higher than that until the very end of the show ah. um which is a bit of a spoiler i guess or some of my God other top spoiler rankings alert. yeah um but i really loved this song in a weird way i've i could picture this in a quentin tarantino movie i don't know why it was just like it felt um like one of those songs that could have sort of a modern take where you're you know throwing back to it i don't know how, if that's a good description but but I felt like it held up. I really enjoyed it. I thought the um, guitars were great. I thought the vocals were great. So you were not far off on no. where you expected this to land with me.
1: This isn't one of my favorites. I put it 13th, but I did I did like her husky voice. I enjoyed that. Yeah. And I also really enjoy the live guitar on stage. I'm like... Me too. I, I would love to see live music make a return. Maybe not like the entire band, you know, because that's too much... For- hassle but would it be impossible for them to allow like sort of singers songwriters who use a guitar or any other sort of instrument that can be simply plugged in and sort of a line check during the uh postcards i would love for them to reintroduce some sort of live music into the show
0: yeah, I agree that it it, uh, it does sort of take it to a next level for me. And you're right, not all songs are going to, you know, warrant or require to have a instrument on stage. But some of the more folksy singer songwriter type stuff, it is an added element that yeah. um, is missing, I think, when you don't have it. And so if it's like a boppy dance song, then you can have dancing you can have special effects you can have props that bring something extra to the performance but when it's a folksy low-key singer-songwriter song you don't really i mean you're not going to do an elaborate dance number to that right so the extra that they could bring is the instrument so i agree
1: yeah obviously we're not going to be plugging in circular keyboards
0: no (laughs) (laughs) i mean i like i would it would be a crying shame if that miming performance was not <laughs> available for us all to see and if he had actually had a circular piano then we would never get the
1: finger-mashing delight that was <laughs> that performance this is another high concept song um so Lenny is singing about a middle Ages troubadour describing the impact his music has on audiences ah they love a concept back in the 60s like way to go 60s
0: uh yeah didn't get any of that i just <laughs> liked the tune
1: <laughs> it was a nice song
0: yeah
1: um we've we've got a familiar face so if you cast your mind back to 1988 and sweden's tommy koberg who performed with stadius no no i can't remember him because it was boring but <laughs> <laughs> this is his earlier performance in 1969 Ooh. With um, Judy Minvan, so Judy, my friend, and this was my number two song.
0: Was it really? Yep.
1: Yeah. And again, you know what I'm gonna say. It had me bopping.
0: I didn't love this one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> of course, you didn't.
0: No, I mean, I thought I thought it was fine. Um, but but yeah, I just I think I found it a lot kind of boring, just a bit one note. I don't know. Uh, i had it 11th
1: fair enough it was uh, written by a british songwriter and originally called dear mrs jones is the most british sounding name for a song i could think of
0: boy i'm really um crapping all over the british <laughs> entries in all forms
1: in this one why do you hate us why do you hate us so much
0: i, I didn't even <laughs> know i didn't mean to i'm so sorry
1: oh dear god to get a new co-host
0: oh no uh I've really i've ruined it
1: yeah, you've uh, ruined the magic uh
0: now this
1: next one i'm excited to talk about right so belgium Louis niece with jennifer jennings um so what what do you like about it
0: oh my god it was the moment where it was like a pretty sort of like um it was a good performance i like the song i think i scored it middle of the pack i'll go back to my notes and check but it was the moment when out of nowhere he does this like overhead clap move that (laughs) i was like whoa that came out of nowhere i just i died i just loved it um so i scored this seventh and very close i put it eighth Oh, and eighth is where it scored in the actual results. So yeah, we were all quite
1: close. I, I kind of like it, but what I, I like is yeah. two two things I like about this: the way he comes out on stage, he reminds me of um oh gosh, what's he called? Edward Cool. So, I don't know who that is. You might know if I sing a little bit of his song to you. Okay, sing. Trolololololololololol. Have you not seen the trololol video? No. Oh my god.
0: <laughs> oh my god, I'm disappointing you on so many levels. In this
1: so it's like Edward Kool is like this Russian um sort of singer. I think he's like sort of a classical train, but he sort of does music hall or did, I don't know if it's live still in Russia. And he did this song, uh, I'm sure it has a title, but most people on the internet know know it as the troll lol song. So if you're a someone So if you're winding someone up on the internet you might send them a link to the troll lol song. Because he literally goes, <laughs> right. We're going to have to watch that later. Okay. <laughs> uh, but he reminds me of that, and, and then he looks like a sort of singing bank manager.
0: Oh my god! Yes, he does. Like I don't know. He was. That's why it was so you know delightfully surprising when he broke out that like single <laughs> dance move. He didn't do it anything else. The entire song. He did one overhead clap and then was back to like managing the bank, but <laughs> it, it it just came out of nowhere. I just I enjoyed broke it.
1: Character for a moment and looked You're like right. he was enjoying himself.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I did overall. I liked the song.
1: Yeah. So the song is about a fictional woman called Jennifer Jennings, and then get this, a woman in the UK. She was like, oh, my name's Jennifer Jennings. <gasps> oh my god! she's Like, well yeah, of course, so there's someone called Jennifer what Jennings out there. Are the chances? Probably quite
0: likely. I mean, yeah, that's not a super uncommon thing. she did
1: write to him, and he invited her to a concert, and they stayed in touch afterwards.
0: Come on. I hope they fell in love. That's straight out of a rom-com. Like, <laughs> like what an amazing meet-cute is like he wrote a song about her without even meeting her yet. <gasps> Someone write a movie about this.
1: Right, so... Next up, we have Switzerland. So, uh, Paolo de Medico with Bonjour, Bonjour. This is boring.
0: Oh, I had it. It's middle of the pack for me.
1: I put it 15th. I oh, didn't you put, it.
0: you put it really low.
1: Yeah, I didn't like it. Um, I was weirded out that it's called Bonjour, Bonjour, which is a French word, but then it's in German.
0: I didn't pick up on any of that. Um, Yeah, I thought this was not one of my favorite. I had it eighth, but um, actually thinking back on it, I'm kind of wondering why I ranked it so high. Um, Because I think I liked... uh, um, like Ireland and Yugoslavia both i i ranked below, below this one but i think i liked both of those better this one i think i don't know she i thought i thought it was fun i thought it was fine i don't remember liking it particularly well but i thought she had a good um singing voice um again her dress is gorgeous um yeah Very i thought short, this was, as was it was they all yes, were in the 60s <laughs> as they were in the 60s um uh, but i thought it was uh i thought it was good i thought it was cute
1: yeah um, another one with concepts behind the lyrics. So um, it is her sort of describing how the days are when she's with her lover and her lover loves her. The sky laughs like my heart when you love me dearly, she sings. So, huh. uh, I mean, the concepts are very love-centric. They're
0: love-centric, yes.
1: cool <laughs> they've got concepts behind the lyrics.
0: It's a lot of lovers.
1: But not just Lovers. Kind of, uh, yeah, I like you. It's like they're going more in-depth with their emotions and using more evocative language. Yes, fair. Um, But yeah, not a fan of that one. But uh, next up, uh, we have Norway. So Norway, we discussed before, they have the most last place finishes in Eurovision history. Yes. And this was one of them. They came last in this contest. And I put it sixth.
0: You put it sixth? I like it.
1: Yeah, no, I didn't like this one either. I
0: did not put, right, right, rank it as low as it came in. I put it uh 13th out of 16, but I didn't I didn't love it. Not
1: last though. Not last, that's true. So, so this is Kirsty's sparbo with oi 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 Saglad so glad which translates into wow wow wow, how happy I'll be. Uh, and again, it's I think I like it because it's upbeat and I'm basic like that. Um, and
0: i think i am also basic because uh i didn't like it because it was repetitive and (laughs) polka-ish which was the song that you said that this was a true that you thought this was a true schlager schlagen schlagen song
1: (laughs) i don't know what you're saying there schlager schlager uh that was germany's song so we'll come to that uh Uh, yes okay uh but me another another concept behind lyrics in this one. So despite this being such an upbeat song, uh, this is a song about how happy she'll be when her lover is only interested in her and stops chasing after other women, and that she's optimistic he'll give up his flandering ways. At which point she sings, I'll have a party and I will be the only guest. That sounds like the worst party. That yeah, sounds like a twenty twenty kind of party. Why 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 is there so much so many lovers and lovers in dangerous times? Also, I mean, come on, Kirsty. If he's chasing after other women, leave him. He's not worth it, babe. He's not worth it. Have some
0: self-respect, Kirsty. Um, yeah. I don't know. I feel like all the lover stuff is getting kind of weird. I'm not going to lie. We got lovers in kindergarten. We got lovers chasing other women. We got we got lovers saying "Bonjour, Bonjour."
1: Okay, right. Let's talk about Schlager songs of so Germany. Yeah, the home of Schlager. Schlager. Um, sent. Sue Malmqvist, well I think she's Swedish if I remember rightly, with a song called Prima Ballerina.
0: I did not we've, like this.
1: We've I'm talked sorry. about concepts.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and
1: out of all the concept lyrics, I think this is the most concepty concept lyric from 1969. Because Sue is singing to a porcelain figure on a clock, asking uh why she is alone. Like, firstly, it's because She's a porcelain figure. She has nobody to be with. She's an, an inanimate object. Come on. Uh, so she's asking why she's alone and has to pass through life without a lover.
0: More and lover. In the final,
1: and then in the final chorus, she tells the figure that one day everything beautiful will fade and that the figure will never understand that. Like, because whoa. she's porcelain
0: and her beauty will remain forever. Yeah, I think that... I mean, I'm just going to hazard a guess here, but I'm thinking that maybe the song is about why she the woman is alone
1: not why the that would make more sense i think so. (laughs) (laughs) but i think Um, think she needs therapy either way she's talking to a porcelain figure in a clock
0: yeah yeah i didn't like this i did pick up the ballerina ballerina stuff um you know i did hear that in the lyrics i did not realize that she was asking it about why she doesn't have a lover um, why does nobody love me because <laughs> uh,
1: you're talking to porcelain figures love
0: right exactly I mean like <laughs>
1: you're not going out meeting anyone you're talking to a clock come on go on a date
0: Um, <laughs> yeah I thought this was uh, like I just didn't like it I thought it was silly and repetitive I yeah. mean like pantsuit aside I did not love this Um, I didn't love this one I didn't love the performance but the pantsuit was
1: gorgeous yeah, I'd put it in the middle of a pack ninth. It was all right. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it.
0: Um, yeah.
1: So, uh, after her, we have France with Frida Bukura with Unjour en enfant, a day a child. So this is one of the this was the last song to be in the uh, four way tie.
0: Yes, this is my number two. I thought it was of gorgeous. It is. I really loved it.
1: And how do you think I felt about it?
0: I'm gonna say not great.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's a boring French ballad.
0: I thought it was beautiful. I thought it just, I mean, it just stood the test of time for me. Like, um, if this one was about lovers, I'm not even going to be mad because at least that would be, it would suit the sort of um, style of the song, right? it It's, I don't know. It just, it felt timeless to me. And the her voice, she has sort of like a, you know very um like strong deep singing voice that just like gave me a little chill
1: yeah i can't take away from the fact her vocals were on point they were really good yeah um although she did cup her hands around the microphone which made it a bit echoey at one point i didn't that did annoy me like, come on I didn't mic notice. technique basic mic technique don't cup your hand around the microphone <laughs> Uh, but not about lovers for a change. So that's about uh singing about the wonders of a world as uh, seen by a child.
0: Oh, well, that sounds like a nice that sounds yeah. like a nice change of pace, frankly. More concepts, though. More yep. concepts. <laughs> I mean they're, they're all about something, it seems. Yeah. Um yeah, uh so this one was uh very close to the top for me. So I um I don't normally score score points but i did on this one just to sort of like you know help me land on you know my rankings whatever and so i um scored this point one lower than italy so they were virtually neck and neck but i did like italy's a little more so this was a very close second place for me and so where did you rank this one again 11th right so pretty long
1: yep so i'm gonna drag that down so your your score and the original score would have put it high, and I've just dragged it down. Oh, I have right. no idea. I have no idea who's going to win.
0: Okay, me either. I uh I for kind of forgot we were doing that for a minute. <laughs> 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 we'll have to go back and do the math. Um, yeah. So okay, maybe France's chances aren't looking great.
1: Nope. Uh, so next up, um, uh, our penultimate song. So Portugal, uh, Simone de Oliveira. Desalhado Portuguesa, Portuguese husking. I don't know what they mean by Portuguese husking in Mm. the translation of the title. Um, We've already discussed about the name swap uh, because of the Spanish dirty word. I want to know what dirty word it is. If anyone, anybody knows, let me know. And so teach me a swear word in Spanish. Yes. Um, And of course, this song's about love because it's the 60s and everyone's songs about (laughs) love.
0: I loved this. I think it is an absolute shame that it scored so poorly. This was my number three song. Um, so my number one and number three ranked 14th and 15th out of 16 in the actual results. But I loved this a lot.
1: Wow. Well, I put it fairly low. I, I did like the the sort of bit at the end of the song, like the la 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 bit. I enjoyed that bit where it got a bit intense and kind of, yeah, I like that bit. But I play 14th overall.
0: Wow. We really, I mean, I think we had a couple that were relatively similar, but for the most part, we're, we are like polar opposites on this one. I think that it's because, I think that it's mostly because I just have an aversion to the type of upbeat song that was popular at this time, it seems. And so All of the upbeat, more poppy songs, I scored quite low because I didn't like that sort of polka-ish beat. And those were the ones you liked best. (laughs) But I liked this one. I did think that it was sort of like, um, you know, passionate, some intensity. I thought the performance was beautiful. Um, Her dress was gorgeous. But again, not not including that in where I'm ranking things. Um, But yeah, I really loved it.
1: it. What, the dress? Yeah, it was green. Because
0: it didn't cinch. <laughs>
1: no, not cinched and in green.
0: Yeah. Michelle oh, Visage
1: yeah. would not like that.
0: She doesn't love green. Um, yeah, so uh, clearly I am not a good judge of uh, what's popular in 1969, but I love this song. <laughs> you
1: would have been such an outsider.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> right, our, our final act from Finland. Uh, Jarko and Laura with like in those times and this song in you know 202021 2020, kind of made me very uneasy because they're so close to each other singing <laughs> He's, like, this singing like, into her face. <laughs> right. Like, it's like oh, guys, In the no. days of
0: COVID, it's so uh, weird to see
1: that kind of stuff now. It's like when you watch a film or a TV show from, like, 2019, 2018. And like, there's so many people so close together. And they're not wearing masks. I don't like it.
0: It's <laughs> so weird. I actually, just, like, on a weird tangent, I was watching a design show where the contestant had to set a dinner setting for um for a dinner party pre-COVID and he accidentally like spilled like glitter or something on the table and he blew on the oh. table on everything it took to like blow off the glitter, every plate, every fork, he blew on everything, and then people sat down and ate their meal. And I was like, "No,
1: that can't happen anymore." I mean, it never should have happened to the first place. It's like it's like blowing out candles on top of a birthday cake,
0: <laughs> right? We suddenly realize how gross that's always been. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> anyway,
0: um, <laughs> right? Tangent. Uh, Fi- so- finally, we
1: had a prop. We had a prop. Finally
0: yes like a, a, hat, and a stick. Yeah. hat and cane yeah okay yep. um this was my bottom <laughs> my very last but, place
1: but they're singing at each other's faces that's your wheelhouse
0: i know normally this actually was uh a little bit higher it was always sort of Bottom of the pack, but it was a little bit higher in my first watch. And then when I went back and sort of did my final rankings when I did a recap of everything, it actually bumped down a little bit further. And I think that it was because it was like on a first listen, I was like, oh, this is okay. And then listening to it a second time very quickly afterwards, I was like, oh, if I hear this song one more time. Like it just, it, it just uh I got over it really fast. You know, those types of songs where it's like, I'm instantly. I'm instantly over this. It feels overplayed already.
1: Yeah, I, I wasn't keen on it. And I, I spent most of the time being weirded out by the fact that he had that sorry, horrible chin strap kind of beard. <laughs> didn't like that. Yeah. Not that that made, had anything to do with the song, but I didn't like it. I didn't particularly like the presentation. Um, that, that weird sort of dance break where we sort of minced backwards, spun the uh, cane around a few times where she did a little sort of jive with her feet uh, another dancing um act naughty Mm. naughty um yet it still ended up 10th because there were songs i liked less than it
0: yeah fair yeah so okay so tops for me um okay why don't we look at the four finalists and see where they ranked among us so they all start with one point they're all all first okay so then for me the tops of those ones are france at uh two
1: okay um and we add 11 points onto that for france for my score
0: okay so that gives um france a total points of 14 um so for the netherlands i had it at uh fourth place
1: okay so it's got five points now and then i add on 13 points
0: Ooh, Netherlands does even <laughs> worse than France at 18. Okay, next we have Spain. I have it at fifth place.
1: And I have it at first. So about seven so points.
0: Total seven points. I think we might have a winner here. I think we might. And right. uh, United Kingdom, I have it at 14th. And I have it at seventh. Uh, so that is 22 total. So our rankings are first place is Spain. Woo-hoo. Second place is France. Third place is Netherlands, and fourth place UK.
1: At the bottom where we belong.
0: <laughs> I feel good about this of ranking. Four
1: countries. <laughs> four countries that is. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, this feels right to me. I- I'm not I'm not upset by that at all. No. And then I think we can safely say that in fifth place, Italy. Italy, yes, agreed. But really maybe like second place
0: i mean i mean first first first, first, yeah (laughs) but yes i mean if you're considering where it actually placed in the final results then yeah probably (laughs) probably a little lower but that was that was a fun like retro blast from the past it was a fun departure from the more current eurovisions that we've been watching the last several episodes so i thought this was a lot of fun
1: yeah um so a few other bits, so how did you feel about that weird sort of interval film? Oh, God. It was the
0: stuff of nightmares.
1: It I... really was. I hated it. I was like, this feels like a Stanley Kubrick film. It's That's exactly the same note I've made. No, come on. (laughs) I was like, just some shots of Spain to some terrible nightmarish music. And I put, you know that scene in A Clockwork Orange where he's in a cinema with his eyes sort of clamped open watching nightmarish clips of violence to Uh, classical music. It's that. But rather than classical music, it's just like modernist kind of horrible noise. Yeah. Um, so that that film, uh, La España diferente, uh, Spain is different, by uh, filmmaker Javier Aguirre Fernandez. So he wrote a manifesto on something called anti cinema. So sort of anti cinema. Ah. So, they, I mean, they embrace their sort of love of modern art in this show because you had that sculpture, um, that was by a modern art sculptor, sculpturer, yes. that was by a modern art. What sculptor? Was, but, yeah, that is the word, isn't it? I yeah. really doubt myself. <laughs> the image at the top of the show that they showed that was by Salvador Dali.
0: Oh, I thought that looked like um, a Salvador Dali. Um, uh, not that I am much of an art aficionado, but he has such a very distinct
1: style that I I recognize that. So th- they embraced their sort of um, sort of culture of this modernist art movement. Mm. So. Gotta give him props to that. It was horrible. And I hate that video.
0: It was so awful. I like So in my notes, I have that it's like watching a Stanley Kubrick film to the soundtrack of Planet of the Apes. It was <laughs> a nightmare.
1: <laughs> Truly nightmarish. Like, if you are sort of you know falling asleep during the day pop that on you're going to be wide awake for a few more hours
0: oh god yes <laughs> yeah i didn't like that at all except um the i did find it really they have these like weird mushroom rocks that uh those look cool <laughs> <laughs> it did it prompted me enough to be like huh i want i should look that up you know if i'm ever in spain i want to see those mushroom rocks <laughs>
1: Um, After that, we had the um, voting process. It was fairly hard to follow. Being Italian, Spanish, and at points French, and a few moments of English, it was difficult to follow. Yeah, I didn't Um, pay a whole
0: lot of attention to this. I'm not going to lie.
1: No, I don't blame you. You didn't miss much. Um, But then we had the uh, final results we're in. We had a four-way tie. And Laura, the host, looked completely confused about what to do. Once you realized that there was a four-way tie, she's like, what do I do? um but interestingly uh before the show uh Laura the presenter asked as the EBU head clifford brown what would happen if there was a tie and this was his response madam that never happened before and it's never going to happen
0: yeah yeah uh, that was
1: not uh, good <laughs>
0: planning nope
1: but they they were lucky because they had four medals on stage Yeah, I was thinking i was
0: like for something that's never happened before, they're lucky they had multiples.
1: Well, the medals were supposed to be for the singer and the songwriters. Uh the winning song. So the songwriters apparently were a bit put out when they had to wait, you know, for theirs coming to post.
0: Well, I mean, I guess what can you do? An unprecedented event that no one could possibly have foreseen happened, except that there are only 16 <laughs> like with <laughs> with only 16 countries and it only being jury votes and i mean and the I, scores
1: out of t- like you know it's like it's an out of 10 score yeah they have like, 10 points they can split across songs
0: the chances of this happening i think were actually pretty high
1: <laughs> yeah um so and then they had the four winning acts having to do their encores so i think this is probably when the uh sort of The fine tradition of Eurovision overrunning its schedule kind of begun.
0: Right, yeah. Yeah, um, well, they weren't banking on that. And then I just need to do a quick nod to whoever it was. I don't even know because I didn't understand what was happening. But the woman who came out to actually present the medals, so not the host... But the woman who came out with like arms stretched out and dragging behind her this like sequined cape, like she was wearing like a full yeah um like like coat cape deal.
1: God, gorgeous. But I was confused because the way she came out, she came out like she would just won.
0: I know. I was like, I was who like, is this? Was yeah. that that last year's winner? Maybe.
1: I I don't know. But, but she, she, she walked out with like the, pre- the presence of someone's like, I'm here to collect my award now. No, it was
0: it was like so regal. She was like, Wow, um, peasants, as I drag my cape behind me. It was kind of like a moment and I was like, Who is this? But I don't know. I still don't know. It's just someone handing out medals, I guess.
1: Well then, there we have it. Um <laughs>
0: <laughs> on that note, nineteen sixty-nine, I liked it.
1: Right, gonna take a little bit of a break, and then gonna discuss some Eurovision news for twenty twenty one. Because the shorter episodes got a little bit of time to play with here, and we can talk about some news. Okay, let's let's do it. <laughs> okay, so time for some Eurovision twenty twenty one news. Um, as of today, the day we're recording, the seventh of February, we now have five songs confirmed. Um, So last night in uh, Lithuania, Varup won by a landslide majority of their national selection. So they end up with something like 74,000 votes. The song that came in second place had something like 6,000 votes.
0: Oh yeah, that's a pretty clear winner.
1: (laughs) Yep. So Varup will be coming back with a song called Discotheque, which is an absolute sort of banger. And again, they're doing a silly dance.
0: I love a Silly Dance.
1: Yep. Um, we also have um, Israel, Eden Elena, with who had the B last year. She is coming with a song that is nowhere near as good, in my opinion. Um, oh, that's, and, that's too bad. And uh, I don't think it was her favorite either. She looked so disappointed when the winning song was announced for her. Hopefully, they'll do a revamp and make it a bit more her, because... What I liked about Fekalabi was it had like parts in Hebrew and parts in Amharic, um, uh, the uh, one of the languages of Ethiopia where um, her family is from, um, so it is a little bit underwhelming. Um, most excitingly, though, for me is Ukraine go a who had Solovei. They have got an absolute dark sort of folktronic banger called shum
0: which Ooh. translates into noise um, that sounds promising
1: yeah and because they um put this video up of shum um about a few weeks ago and it was like is this their entry for Eurovision?" and I'm like no that's not our entry we're submitting three other songs to uh, the internal decision makers on what song to choose and then he it turned out that one of them was Shum, and that was the one that they selected. But they've got wow. to edit that song because it's three minutes and fifty seconds at the moment.
0: Oh, that's quite a bit of editing to get yeah. it down to three minutes. Yeah.
1: Um. So yeah, France. Um. They've chosen a song called Voila, which is so intense. It's really good. Uh. By a woman called Barbara Pravi. Um. Very sort of chanson style, and it's also written by the same songwriter who wrote their winning Junior Eurovision song.
0: Ooh. And, and you and you like it?
1: I like it, but it's a world apart. It's a world <laughs> apart from a junior year as a song.
0: Oh it is, really. Yeah, you you um don't generally love the French submissions, so I'll be interested to hear this one that, that you do actually really enjoy.
1: Basically what what I like about this one, it kind of starts off a bit sort of very French. It is very French, as many French songs are. But towards the end, it gets really intense. It kind of speeds up and it's like almost swirling. The song swirls around her, if that's the only way I can describe it. Mm. So, yeah, I really like that one. And Albania have chosen a song called Karma. And I can't pronounce the singer's name, so I'm not going to (laughs) try.
0: Well, it sounds like we're making some good progress on the lineup
1: here. Indeed. And we also have more clarification on what it's going to look like. And all they said remember those scenarios A through to D? On yeah. varying sort of levels of lockdown. They've gone, we're not doing A. That is not gonna happen. So scenario A is Eurovision as normal. No. They've accepted that ain't happening, which I don't think anybody was surprised with. Right. Uh so yeah, that's where we're at for Eurovision News at the moment. Um I'm sure in a couple of weeks' time there'll be more songs confirmed. Uh it is national final season at the moment. I've been following a few of the songs. Um uh, for Melody Grand Prix, which is the Norwegian one, uh, the, the sort of Eurovision community's favourite is the song for Kino, who represented uh, for Norway in 2019, but my favourite is Hero by Rayleigh, mm. and it's like this proper 80s throwback song. Uh, like, sort of synth pop, and she even has a complete tribute to Flashdance. You know where um, in Flashdance <gasps> she pulls on, like, the Pulled thing Pull the bucket,
0: and... yes! Yeah. Oh, she I recreates know exactly. that on stage. Yeah, okay, well, so... I would pay money to see that.
1: Yeah, it's so good. And the song slaps as well.
0: Oh, well, I mean, I feel like my, based on this description, that I I think my fingers are crossed for that one, too.
1: Yes. Uh, they also have Big, Big Daddy Carsten, who is a body-positive, gay bear rapper oh. who does a song about um sort of polyamorous relationships
0: and this is which, uh amongst the finalists that, um, uh,
1: i think he's one of the wild cards or something like that is, I, I, I don't quite know how melody grand prix works i think he's got like a second chance or a wild card sort of place in the year uh, final or something like that interesting well, i like that one too it's really good
0: Well, it sounds like there's going to be some great songs in 2021, so hoping that everything moves forward smoothly, and even if it's not exactly normal Eurovision, that it will still be um, close enough that, you know, we get the Eurovision experience this year.
1: Indeed. Are you ready to find out what year we're doing next time? I am. We are going uh, back to the future, but not quite the most recent future. But we're going to 2010. Ooh. And you're going to be happy when I tell you this. You remember the circular piano? Yes, I do. Like fondly. Well, that pairing are making a return.
0: Oh my God what?
1: With more what piano crazy props.
0: instrument what props are gonna be there this time? That was my first ever Eurovision viewing experience 2014 and I remember it fondly. It had a hamster wheel, it had a circular piano like this was the introduction to Eurovision that like I think everyone should have. It's just all the camp and all the <laughs> all the extravaganza
1: right then well. I'm going to take another break, and then we shall have some drag race chat. If you want to stick for that, okay. I have opinions. I can't wait. Well then, if if you're not a drag race fan, until next time, bye. Bye. La
0: la Let's, what do you want to talk about first, Chris? Should we talk about uh, Drag Race US first?
1: Yeah, let's do US um, because that's my least favorite out of two. And you said you have opinions about both. I do.
0: So there are two episodes since we last chatted, um, but I, I mean, I definitely have f- opinions about both, but I want to talk about the ball because I, I honestly cannot get over how that went down. With Lala Ree and her bag, like, I can't even call it a dress. I can't even call it a garment. That was honestly the worst look that has ever been presented on the runway, on any drag race. And I am absolutely flabbergasted that she did not go home. I think that, like, I, I was yelling at my TV and don't get me wrong, I think that Lala I, I like Lala Ree better than I like Joey J. I don't think that Joey J was doing, you know, a particularly, you know, strong job of showing us all kinds of different aspects of her um of her drag and whatever. So I mean, but like I actually thought to myself before this lip sync that, in I don't care how good a job that Lala Ree does, that unless Joey J pulls a Valentina and doesn't know the lyrics, unless there is a reason why RuPaul cannot send Lala Ree home, she should go home. That was unacceptable.
1: Hard to okay. agree. You, you can't just glue some paper bags to a corset. You can't. That's not how the design challenges work. No effort was made.
0: It was like, I have seen bad design challenges before, but I have never seen anything like that. Like, I just, it made me, it really made me question, you know, like how, like, does it even matter how they do in these challenges then? Or is Rue just going to send home, you know, whoever... doesn't make the better tv or uh, like is it all going to be production decisions because like that just felt incredibly unfair to me to the other queens who put in so much effort and did such you know you know fantastic presentations to have that come out on the runway i was blown away that she was not sent home
1: hard agree and also combine that with her bag of bones look where like the bag at the bottom that looked all right but then it's like just a black dress with some plastic sort of party store like Halloween decorations hot yeah. glued to it. It was two bad looks. The only good look she had was that uh the me the, the 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 middle sort of look where they had to try and present those hideous clutch bags.
0: Oh my god, I know. The clutch bags were just like they were distracting and annoying and I and I actually felt like it was um it it was such like a weird interpretation by the vast majority of the queens on that one when you're supposed to show like i own everything opulence right and instead they went for like business women in you know anyway but like all of that aside i completely agree but like i think Lala Ree is funnier than joey j a better dancer than joey j like she definitely has um you know she has talents that that you know would would rank higher than some of the other queens but like for everybody else they're being judged on the challenge at hand yeah. and i don't care how good you lip sync unless joey J like either you know didn't know the lyrics or stood there and did nothing you know and she held her own joey J did not do a bad job on that lip sync
1: but i'm in full agreement because joey jay had three okay looks lala yeah. Ree had two bad looks and one okay look i mean when i say bad, she had one bad look she had one okay look and she had one terrible look and i think she would agree i don't think yes. she'd say oh that's brilliant what are you talking about
0: yeah but i mean i uh yeah i mean i have never yelled at the tv in the way that i did on that one when i was just like i don't understand this decision it It makes me mistrust the judges,
1: frankly. And and, I mean, there's been 12 years of Drag Race now, 13 series of main Drag Race, four All-Stars, or is it five All-Stars now? You know there's going to be a sewing challenge. Yeah, it was bad. Read up about just some basic things. Uh, um, so
0: some other rates on um thoughts on drag race us uh number one tina burner get another color palette i'm sick of seeing your red and yellow
1: yeah um although i will give a credit for the red and yellow look she had during the disco mentary not the little black dress uh red and yellow look but the one where she was actually in the, the fringe the sort of, the, that was brilliant that made was her look gorgeous. really good that's the was best gorgeous. she's looked all series
0: Yes, I do I agree. I just think that it's like a bit of a double standard when um, you know, for instance, uh Joey J got red for not um having some different hair and like showing the same short hair. So yeah. I think that that's the same thing that agrees is like or sorry, the same thing that applies to Tina Burner is just like mix it up a little bit, show us some different things. But
1: Yeah, it's like they keep going on at Utica for being campy.
0: Yeah, I thought like I mean I agree. Utica, I was so impressed with Utica's sense of fashion. She really brought some looks. It looked gorgeous. I did not agree with the I didn't really agree with the um, critical feedback that she got on her little back dress when she was like all dressed in gold. It doesn't matter if it makes sense. It matters if it looks good yeah. and delivers us, you know, something um different and interesting and she delivered that and i don't really care whether or not the judges like recognized it as being an earring it was just like cool and high concept and i really liked it i do agree with the judges a bit though that i find her high campiness in every single Um, scenario to be distracting and i think i mentioned last time that like i find utica to be a little bit cringy because she's so awkward i think that she puts on the camp because she's awkward and that makes it a little bit like i don't know in some cases it makes me like distracted it's a little off-putting
1: i think i enjoy the camp because i thought the very british style of drag is very high camp so i don't think it bothers me too much
0: I mean, I think that she there are times when it works really well. And I mean, when she's doing sort of a Carol Burnett style character, I mean, like she really pulls it off like she is very sort of Carol Burnett-esque in her in her camp. But um, but I, you know, I just don't want to see it all the time. And then, I mean, so sort of final thought is that I am sad to see Tamisha Iman go. I really liked her from the beginning. I thought that she was like delightfully... like i don't know what's the like delightfully crotchety if you will where it's like (laughs) she has seen it she is doesn't have time for the nonsense and she lets them know and um i'm not really liking candy muse that much if i had to pick between the two i would have preferred that um tamisha stayed
1: same agreed i believe was a massive argument with tamisha and candy muse on untucked but We aren't getting that in the UK at the moment on Netflix because Netflix only gets the rights to Untucked once a full season's aired and there's no point watching it. At that point,
0: yeah. I'm not going to lie. I used to watch Untucked. I don't watch it anymore. I think that I am just... uh, I know that a lot of people really love the drama, but it takes it away from me. I don't like... I don't like this like sort of orchestrated drama yeah. i don't like the bickering for no reason i get i mean like i like to sip a little tea i like i like a little bit of spice but i just i don't want to watch a whole show of them fighting i just don't find it enjoyable no, that's just me
1: I, I agree on that it is a bit boring to see like pitching and moaning and just griping and snapping at each other like but, a little bit of sass every now and then is like ooh, but it's like, right. just like, yeah, full like blown don't to, yeah
0: don't get me I, wrong i don't want
1: to see them like having massive rows of each other.
0: I I prefer and I think it's just because of my secondhand cringiness I have a hard time with it like I prefer to hear about it after the fact than to watch it actually happening right because yeah. it's just like it makes me uncomfortable I don't know if that's just a me thing but but I do not think that it was a coincidence that Tamisha and Candy had this big blowout and then they had to lip sync against each other like it just I don't I know that there's always a little bit of um production touch on yes but when when it's overly obvious it does feel you know it feels to me like i am watching something that's you know um what's i don't know orchestrated and it makes it it takes me out of it a little bit less or a little bit you know where it's like it's less about the competition and how well they did and it's more about sort of like production having a hand in orchestrating drama. And I don't like that as much.
1: No. Right. Shall we move on from Drag Race US to the less problematic Drag Race UK? Yes. Because I think it feels much less problematic to me. I okay. don't know about you.
0: Um yes. Okay, so I'm anxious to hear your thoughts. Tell me what the last two episodes have uh how you felt about those for the UK.
1: Okay, so we had the Who Wore It Best episode. Um where we started with the quick sort of challenge with the limbo and RuPaul lowering the bar once again. (laughs) Um, And then we had the pairings um, challenge, where they had to uh, create a garment from the same set of um, materials as their teammate. And then they would be judged against each other. And we had some bad looks here. Yeah, we definitely did. And two of my favorite queens, Tia coffee. Well, and Ginny Lemon, they struggled in this challenge. They really did. Yeah, They uh, are the seamstresses. I f-
0: like, Ginny Lemon, I think that, like, deserves so much credit in this episode for oh, taking yes. um, RuPaul's critique of getting out of her comfort zone and trying something sexy. But I almost, I feel like that was like, almost an unfair challenge for RuPaul to give to Ginny.
1: Um, I completely agree there, because like, Ginny's whole thing is about I think I've read that she sort of describes herself as a drag troll. Yeah. Like, <laughs> not all g- drag has to be glamorous and sexy.
0: That's my thing. I agree. It's like, um, do, do drag queens need to be able to turn a look? yes they do but does that look need to be sexy no and so i that i agree that i don't think it was fair for that particular challenge if we wanted yeah. to give ginny a challenge to say i want you to get out of your comfort zone and give us a look that's different than what you would normally give fair enough i think that's fair but yeah, maybe so that's not
1: yellow sure
0: yeah um, a way to
1: sort of do it like like with tina burner you No, know, we need to stop seeing her in red orange and yellow looks
0: Right. I agree. And I, I think that, you know, um, past um, critiques have been like, I want to see a more glamorous version of you. And I think that that's fair. But but to tell someone I I need you to be sexy, I think that, um, I don't know, I think that that per- particular criticism is, uh, I think that glamour can be interpreted in many ways. And I guess sexy can too. But like, poor, poor Ginny, she Yeah, I mean, she went full tits out and it was awkward to watch.
1: (laughs) It was, but I'm glad that Rue kept it safe because I I was worried that my two favourites were going to lip-sync against each other and I would not be happy whatever the result.
0: Okay, so what did you think about the the lip-sync between Tia Coffey and Estina Mandela?
1: I mean, both were really good, don't get me wrong, but I think the right queen remained in the competition because um, Estina... I think she did that annoying thing It was like, well, if I have to lip-sync, I'm going to lip-sync you out. Like You shouldn't be going in the attitude that, oh, I can lip-sync anyone out of this competition. You should be going in with the intention of not being in a lip-sync
0: right. <laughs> until yeah.
1: the last lip-sync for the crown. Yeah, That should be the only lip-sync you want and intend to do in the entire competition. Um, And Tia made me laugh. She made Rue laugh. And that's always a way to win, is make Rue laugh.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I was really kind of buying into the narrative a little bit that um that uh Tia Coffee was a little bit basic you know and i i i do think that her looks have not been as strong as a lot of the other queens and so i would be lying if i said i was surprised if um i or sorry that i wasn't surprised rather that she stayed um based on that lip sync but then in last week's or the the most recent i should say episode i think that she really showed me why she's still in the competition because she's a great performer and so i mean like i say that some queens can, you know, are more of a fashion queen. Some queens are more of a comedy queen. Whatever. Personally, I don't feel like her her runway looks are the ones I gravitate towards. But as a performer, she did much better than a lot of the other queens. And so, um, yeah, I I I think that I agree now. Though at the in the moment, I was surprised that yeah. uh, that she was the one who ended up staying.
1: I think also she, you know, Rue would have warmed to her when she, when Michelle said, What do you think I'm going to say about that dress? I was like, That is fantastic and you want to wear it. Again, making Rue laugh is always a good way to stay in the show because Rue, yeah. uh, that is one thing that we've learned about RuPaul: Paul, loves to laugh and get the giggles. If you can make right. Rue laugh, you'll usually do fairly all right. Uh, but yeah, then we've had the second episode, the uh, morning glory episode. Where they had to do their sort of morning TV show with um, Lorraine Kelly, who is a um, she. She is the well, she's a host of uh, Lorraine on the ITV in the mornings in the UK, um, and she is an LGBT uh, ally as well. Mm-hmm. Um, she's actually been done uh, by the I think it was uh, the cast of last year's Drag Race put her in drag for a magazine cover. Oh, fun! So she's been in drag herself. Um so it's good to have her on. Uh, and you know, we saw some of the queens really sort of stand out. I I've um not been a fan of Ahura, but I actually started to like her, warm to her this episode.
0: I did too. I thought she did a great job. Um as she has not been one of my favourite to date, but she did win me over a little bit this episode. And I, I do like the interaction between Tia Coffee and Ahura in this episode, that is the type of like um drama that then gets resolved and like you're both the better for i mean like i guess that's kind of like the um so, canadian. The, the so, feel- so canadian that's the feel good drama that i am like i'm here for that that's what i want to see
1: <laughs> you want a nice warm fuzzies
0: yes that is what i want that is what i, <laughs> <laughs> I want to like you know cry during the mirror talk and i want to see the queens form a sisterhood and i mean if there is some drama i want it to be like pretty innocuous and yeah. that's that's what i want
1: <laughs> um did you enjoy ellie diamond asking rue why he doesn't say his name it's like, and i know what he's getting at he's like because rue likes to go Lawrence Cheney in an yes. exaggerated Scottish accent. But doesn't yeah. do Ellie Diamond as I can't. I, I mean, um, Sarah always takes a piss out of me for my terrible accents. Um, <laughs> well, I think it's
0: easy. I mean, there's no R in Ellie Diamond, and so it's not as sort of like I don't know uh, an easy automatic rolling of the R's that comes off the tongue, right?
1: Yeah, I get what you were saying, but it was very much. Is there something on my face? <laughs> Moment,
0: yes. Um. Oh my God, who was that in UK? Um,
1: Pearl. It was Pearl, Pearl. on Drag Race. Uh, yeah. Ooh.
0: Oh my God, those are the moments where I'm like cringe. I do not think that um it was deliberate though, no, and I accidental. think for Pearl it was.
1: Yeah. Owen Kine uh, said, "I forgive you to Brooklyn."
0: <gasps> oh, I know. <laughs> so <laughs> cringe. Um. Yeah, so I mean, like that moment, uh, I think was like, uh, like not as cringy as it could have been, simply because I don't think that it was intentional, sort of sassy. Yeah. It was funny. Yeah.
1: Um. So yeah, we had the improv challenge. Um. I don't think Veronica did that bad. I've known people like her in like goths like her, like from where I'm from. That's how goths are. They are kind of like. Yeah, it is what it is. That is their attitude. I don't think it was as bad as everybody made out. I think Sister Sister did worse because she got thrown off by her.
0: Yeah, I agree. I do not think that Veronica did well, although I knew that she was not going home as soon as I saw that, like, pig Medusa outfit. And I don't think that she was deserving of going home. And I think that... um, Sister Sister did worse than Veronica. And I take real issue with um, Sister Sister and any queen who blames their poor performance on having a bad partner or, you know, someone else. And I felt bad for Veronica that she internalized that and she felt like, you know, she had let people down when in fact, like, you're not responsible for Sister Sister's performance. And, like, she had opportunity to, you know... like break in and bring some of her own personality and she chose to just sit back and do nothing so i don't know neither of them did well but then when you look at the runway um sister sister's runway was not nearly as good as um as veronica's so when if i were taking bets before this before the uh lip sync (laughs) um i i would have bet the sister sister was the one
1: going home yeah But then, obviously, Sister, Sister stayed, because Ginny Lemon stayed true to being a legend and an icon, and the most punk rock thing just went, Nah, you're alright, I'm out. And just walked off the stage as soon as the song started, and just, before she left, just tilted her head back and just cackled laughing.
0: You and I have different feelings on Uh, how this went down. I am not a fan of that at all. Really? Yeah, to me it isn't like it isn't sort of a punk rock iconic move. I think that it is a cop out. And I think that it's a you know, disservice to the other queens and the queens who worked really hard to try to get on and didn't. And I understand. I do understand that you know, maybe there are circumstances where someone feels like they can't they can't go on. But I just that to me that wasn't like an amazing iconic moment to me it was a disappointing moment and it made me sad that that Ginny went out on those terms
1: oh uh see I, I've um seen in a few interviews she said you know she was asked like we saw you practicing lip sync when did you make that decision she would say and she said I made a decision that point I was going to leave so she'd already decided she was going to leave the competition before yeah, it just... actually came down to that final two
0: I just, I don't, I don't like it. And, and I don't like the, the reasoning that, um, you know, she gave and so did Bendela creme when she did something similar is like, I couldn't do this to my sister or like, I didn't want to lip sync against yeah. my, my best friend in the competition or whatever. But like, from my perspective, you are not doing them any favors by doing that because now sister, sister will never be able to say to someone that like says well you only stayed because jimmy jimmy Ginny lemon chose to leave right she didn't win it on her merits she didn't she wasn't given the opportunity to stay because she was the better performer and be judged like everyone else Ginny robbed her of that i i don't i know i mean like i don't <laughs> want to shit on Ginny lemon because i really loved her throughout the competition and i feel like i think that her motives were good and um And I think that, you know, she needed to prioritize herself. And so she did what she had to do. And so, I mean, I am still a Ginny Lemon fan, but I just, I guess in, if I could choose a way for her to have left the competition, that isn't what I would have wanted, you know, for me as a viewer uh, or for her and the other queens
1: as contestants. So I much prefer it to like when Adore left All Stars because she was like all tearing a workroom. Oh, I'm gonna go. It's like, no, don't go yet. Oh, attention, attention. I was like, I have made my mind up. I'm out of here. Bye.
0: Yeah, I mean, fair enough. Given those two options, I would rather be like, you know what, fuck this, I'm leaving. You know, I agree. If those are the two, you know, sort of extremes that we're we're, um, choosing between. But I think that, I mean, I do, I think that Ginny uh, would have stayed if she had stayed in the competition. And so maybe... um, Maybe that is a reason why, <laughs> like if she did lip sync and she had stayed and she didn't want to, then that's not great either. So I guess, yeah. I mean, it's a rock and a hard play situation, but
1: I didn't love it. I didn't love it. And I am gutted that Ginny is no longer in the competition because the next episode of Drag Race UK is the Roo, Roo Vision Song Contest. They're doing a Eurovision themed episode. And I know that Tia Coffee and Ginny Lemon are both massive Eurovision fans
0: yeah so, i mean i would
1: have loved to have heard for her to have been in that as a eurovision fan
0: if she had just stuck around a little longer i do think that her you know couple of weeks of having some disappointing critiques she, like it would have turned a corner and she would have had an opportunity to do some things that were more in her comfort zone and really shine so Anne, yeah i'm disappointed she wouldn't be there for that
1: and would have had six months to work on um a drag because we are coming up to the point in the season where everything changes
0: COVID. because
1: um yeah the old rona causes filming to cease uh, so um yeah and then they come back i think it was october they started filming again with the ru vision song contest but here's my plan because we always have this little drag race chat shall we do a special bonus episode about the ru vision episode of drag race uk I
0: cannot see how we would not seize this opportunity. (laughs) We've got
1: to. Yeah. Get that that crossover fan base. (laughs) (laughs) Let's
0: do it. I'm excited.
1: Right. Well then, that's Drag Race chat done. We've done Eurovision News. So next time uh, for our main episode, we will be discussing uh, Eurovision Song Contest 2010 with more ridiculous piano props. Cannot wait. Right then Until next time bye bye
0: <laughs> <laughs>